Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. It's Wednesday, September 15th. My guest today is Jason Stein, who announced on August 30th that after 18 years with the company, he would be leaving Automotive News to host his own radio show on SiriusXM and run Flat 6 Media, his own media services and broadcasting company. This week, MotorMinds announced that he would also be joining their organization as its new president and corporate development officer. It's an exciting next chapter for an individual who has wanted to be in broadcast journalism since he was a child and who feels he hasn't worked a day in decades, although he says the last couple of weeks have been some of the most busiest he's ever had. He joins me today to talk about what's ahead his early days as a reporter in the Midwest, and what brought him to Automotive News, and some of his most memorable stories from a nearly two-decade career covering an industry that navigated economic downturns, recalls and scandals, the rising, falling, and passing of legendary icons, and a pandemic. For him, it was always about serving the reader. That's a lesson he learned from two of his mentors, Keith Crane and Peter Brown. It's a principle he instilled in all of us, and it is one that will endure. Here's my conversation with Jason Stein. Jason Stein, my friend, welcome to Daily Drive. First time as a guest. How are you? I'm doing extremely well, Steve. Um, I'm honored to be with you. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to imagine where we started working together 18 months ago and and you know the role that I've had on Daily Drive largely as a result of your invitation. So it's kind of surreal you and I having this conversation and on your last day after 18 years at Automotive News that you are a first-time guest. So I'm thrilled mm. and thank you for for taking a few minutes to join me, taking a few minutes to share some thoughts with our audience. So why don't we start with that? Last couple of weeks, the announcement was made. How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, well, great. Uh, a mix of emotions. Obviously, um, excited for a new adventure. Uh, incredibly grateful for the people who I have had the chance to work with, uh, the team that we have, the projects that we've been a part of. Um, yeah, there's a there's a definite mix of emotions. Any time that uh, you you spend nearly two decades in any place, I mean, let's face it. Uh, um, most new hires don't spend more than 20 minutes at a job, uh, anymore, <laughs> given the way that the job market <laughs> yeah. goes. Um, but yeah, to reflect on 18 years is, is, um, is a difficult thing to do just because there is, it is such a rich, uh, history. Um, I've just been, I've been so fortunate to, uh, work with folks inside and, and, and outside the walls of, uh, Crane Communications, our, a wonderfully talented team and the amazing people who are in the industry that we cover. And um, I'll be honest with you, uh, 18 years ago, I didn't really know how long I was going to last um, because I was, a, I was a sports writer who happened to have a car column, who happened to have a supportive editor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who was okay with me writing about cars in addition to Notre Dame football and Indiana basketball and the um, Indianapolis Colts. And so when the opportunity came up to work at Automotive News, 
it was um, it was kind of like, well, I don't know. I mean, how's this going to work? And am I going to is it going to be interesting enough for me? And I'm not really a business writer. And I was just lucky enough to have a very, very talented first editor in Rick Johnson, um, who many have come to know so well because he's just such a talent uh, within the industry as a, as a writer, but most importantly as an editor. And he really turned my stuff in the early days into gold. And all of a sudden I got all kinds of credit for the stories that I was writing, but it was actually Rick Johnson who was the person who deserved all the credit. Um, so, you know, to start off there and then to end up, you know, 18 years later talking about this is surreal as I think the word you use, Steve was, it would be the word that I would use surreal. I think you touch upon something that if you're not in this company and this culture day to day, you really don't see it. And that's the notion that everybody is in this together, right? This is an organization where everybody teams, everybody helps each other. It is for serving the reader that our number one mission is from, from the top on down. And I think that's, it's something that is probably one of the intangibles here that if you read automotive news and you really don't understand how we work together on day in and day out, I have to agree that is probably going to be one of the things that I, I think you'll probably miss the most. Oh, absolutely. Um, the support of, of our colleagues uh, day in and day out through the years. There are organizations that talk about teams and the teamwork that goes on. And there are those who talk about the family culture. And the bottom line is that we have both. And uh, it's a it is a very um, uh, large support system that all of us have, and the experience at a place like Automotive News at 18 years, I'm like the junior guy. I mean, uh, you know, you and 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 at one point, I think I I think I looked around. I think it was the the first year that I was named publisher uh, eight years ago, and uh, collectively among the editors, we had about 300 years of experience, and I'm and that's that is no joke. I mean, I did the math one day. And I thought, well, gosh, I've only been here for seven or eight years. Um, hmm, uh, I've got a lot to learn. And the beautiful part about Crane and Automotive News is that everybody's there to help you. And everybody's been there to help me along the way, whether it was the two guys who hired me right out of the gate, Dave Versicle and Ed Lapham, who were always there to answer questions and to guide me um, in in along the path. Um, sometimes in the case of Dave Versicle, he didn't even work at Crane anymore and he was still helping me. Um, but also just, um, as, as, as you go, as you go through the organization and the, and, and the experience that we have on the event side, the marketing side or the very experienced sales team, um, it, it is a true family full of, um, just so, so much experience and so willing to help each other. And I think it all starts at the top with family ownership and the fact that Keith and Casey, uh, have been there all along to to be able to provide the support for all of the teammates who who are on the automotive news team. So we've certainly seen what the response has been internally to the announcement. Can you talk a little bit about some of the response you've gotten from your friends and colleagues and your <laughs> network in the industry as a result of of this news? Uh, it's sort of. Um, like I've been living someone else's life for the past two weeks. Um, I, I had to kind of step back and say, uh, I don't believe this has actually happened. Um, that the, the industry outpouring, uh, the internal outpouring has, has been more than I ever imagined. 
um, I, I think all, all of us just kind of do our jobs every day and we just try to do the best we can. And, and in the case, you know, it's a pre COVID, right. Um, uh, the, the number of events that we had to put on in the cities that we went to and the travel that we did, you're only moving from one thing to the next, to the next, um, during the COVID world. Uh, we've of course been doing that in a more virtual environment. So you wonder, well, when's the next recording? But the point is you're just, we're just doing what we do and we're, and, and we're public facing to some extent. And I, I certainly, um, was in that role for a long time, but you don't, you, you, it's difficult to measure the impact. Um, but the outpouring has been overwhelming and I'm extremely grateful. I'm humbled. Um, I, I don't know that I expected any of that. And, um, the, the number of people who reached out with, uh, just with a helping hand, with a, a note of encouragement, um, congratulatory notes. Um, it's, it's just been more than I could have ever thought was possible. And um, grateful is the only word that I could use, Steve. So I want to talk a little bit about the last 18 years and look back a little bit before we, you know, is a little bit later in this conversation. But let's focus about what's ahead and and three things specifically, Sirius XM, Cars and Culture, Motor Minds and, and uh, serving as the new president of that organization, and then your own company in Flat Six Media. So why don't we start with SiriusXM? What is it, and really, what was the genesis behind Cars and Culture? Well, there was a bit of a white space that was identified in the market uh, on the on the SiriusXM side. Uh, I had had conversations with their uh, leadership, and they they were very interested in in carving out a spot where. Uh, on their uh, range of channels, um, they could highlight the passion for the automobile. And that's that extends from musicians to actors to race car drivers to executives. And um, it was a, the, the idea was a six show pilot that was put in front of me and automotive news would get the banner of, um, uh, you know, brought to you by and prominently mentioned. And, and, um, and I thought, well, okay, this is a great platform for us. We're always looking to expand our audience. We, we'd like to move into new segments. It's been part of our mission over the course of the last number of years. So what a great, what a better megaphone than a 35 million subscriber, some 77 million listeners, um, in order to, in order to shout that from. And, um, six shows, um, turned into a long-term contract because they liked it so much. And what I discovered was there is just um, in the more the business to consumer world um, and, and, you know, primarily the, the celebrity world, if, if you will, there are so many people who are uh, attracted to the idea of the automobile uh, still, <laughs> despite all of the talk of the automobile and the passion for the automobile being dead and we're all going to be in autonomous vehicles. There are a lot of people out there who have great car collections, who like to race on weekends who are passionate about cars. And so that's Sirius XM. And uh, whether it's um, the, the Bond collection, uh, the largest Bond collection in the world at the Peterson Museum, which will come later this month, uh, and the discussion around that, or, or if it's um, Jimmy Johnson's uh, move from NASCAR to IndyCar, or Rick Hendrick's 200 vehicles in his garage, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about there. So that, that's, that's really fun. Um, motor mines is, is an opportunity to provide solutions to the industry. Uh, there are a lot of problems out there in the, in the, in the switch and the transition, um, that's currently underway, uh, within the automotive world where folks just need 
some assistance. They need to know who to talk to. They need to know solutions that can be provided. There are a lot of solution providers within that um, nearly eight-year company. And MotorMinds has been uh, very quietly providing some um, dramatic alternatives um, with high rates of success to uh, companies who want to improve. And um, Jeff Van Doggen, who is the founder and the CEO, is a good friend of mine. And um, he and I started talking about uh, the, the sort of skill that I could uh, hopefully provide to his organization and his very talented roster of executives. It is, it is rich. It is deep. Um, most of those folks have been in very prominent uh, positions. Uh, in fact, they all have throughout their own automotive uh, lifetimes. And, and now they're trying to help the industry get better. And so, um, and so that's the that's the Motor Minds uh, role, and uh, and then finally, uh, Flat Six Media is an all-encompassing uh, media organization that will encompass things like um, speeches um, to groups who uh, want to tap into some of my uh, experience internationally, uh, whether it's by uh, video or podcast or in person. Um, it's kind of an umbrella company for a lot of other things, and so I'm 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 doing something that I couldn't. I probably could never imagine, which is I'm being an entrepreneur. And uh, I've watched a lot of very successful entrepreneurs over the course of uh, nearly 20 years and and thought, well, I don't know, at 49, this seems like an interesting idea. And uh, why don't we pair up a couple of um, uh, uh, sort of su- subjects that are similar in nature and uh, come up with a um, come up with some solutions for the industry, whether it's broadcast, uh, whether it's video or whether it's um larger solutions through a company like uh, Motor Minds with all of their very talented folks. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for all of those and, um, and, and open to all kinds of other things uh, that, might, that might come down the road. <laughs> we'll be right back with more. As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, Top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big-picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retailanywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retailanywhere. One of the things that I've always admired about you, and even we've talked about in our one-on-one conversations, is you don't feel like you've done a day of work in decades. That this is fun. This is, this is, you've said that directly to me that, you know, you do what you do because obviously to work, but because it's fun. Broadcasting has always been a dream of yours. Can, can you talk about how Sirius XM and, and quite frankly, all of the things you're doing are helping you continue to realize a dream of, of being a broadcaster? I think somewhere you keep a CBC mug hidden away or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. I was, I was uh, 22 years old, uh, right out of school in London, Ontario. And all I had were the tapes 
from my radio Western. It was uh, Western uh, University. Um, I, I had done some fill-in shifts, some night shifts, was a DJ, had done some news reading, and I just had tapes of it, and I dropped it off. Um, I dropped off uh, the tapes at uh, um, the Windsor uh, uh, location uh, across from the uh, uh, Detroit skyline, and uh, lo and behold, I was a freelance radio guy at that point. And it's kind of all I really wanted to do was was do radio work. Uh, they gave me a mug. I still have the mug. Um, but, you know, it, it was the journey was going to be all about that. I just I had a hard time breaking into in, into the CBC world. Uh, um, uh, you know, bottom line is I wasn't I wasn't good enough to be hired. Uh, so I went into I went into print journalism and all I've been trying to do is fight my way back into the radio world. And so, um, and, and it actually starts from the time when I was uh, probably uh, seven or eight years old and was um, sort of doing mock broadcasts of NFL games uh, out of my uh, bedroom, um, you know, to nobody in particular, just into a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a journalist. My dad always had a tape recorder laying around the house. And so I could always talk into the tape recorder and you know, not that anybody wanted to listen, but I was certainly recording a lot. And um and so, you know, the XM opportunity is one where uh, now, you know, at least maybe we'll get a couple of people listening to the interviews. And um, the, my, you know, the chance at Automotive News to interview people on our on a regular basis. And really, um, the, what I realized during COVID was the creation of Daily Drive, this program that we're on, brought me back to my radio roots to some extent. I was able to connect with people. Um, by uh, this this wonderful thing that all of a sudden everybody wanted to do, which was to start a podcast. And we were actually a little bit late to the game, but our audience really took to it. And, um, you know, Steve, uh, w- you know, one point, I don't know, three million listens later, um, Daily Drive is, uh, had, a, had a regular um, uh, listenership, had a following, and I was right back into what I really love to do again. And... Um, and and so I think that the return to um, those roots was was really special for me. And uh, XM is is one avenue. And and I've been I've been offered the chance through through the years to stand up in front of crowds and to deliver speeches and and um, you know practice. Hopefully, makes perfect to some extent. And it, and practice certainly makes perfect when you're on a daily drive daily podcast. Because the only problem with it being daily drive was that it was daily, as you know. Yeah. And, it is a big platform for sure. Um, I do want to dig in a little bit and, and get your point of view on, on Daily Drive in a minute. But I will say from the showman and the stage perspective, I'm going to talk a little bit specifically about the commentary that you wrote in this week's edition is that, you know, you, you I think early on you had some some pretty genuine nerves about being on stage. Um I will say that the first time I ever saw you on stage and the first time that I was in the audience, I was stunned by the energy. You walked on stage, you clapped your hands, and it was a moment of, here we are, let's go. And that energy you brought to the stage was was unmistakable. And so from those early days where you write in the column this week that there were nerves, and, and certainly that's understandable for anybody trying anything new my first interaction with you in, in in being in the audience of a show where you were the the MCN on the stage was was amazing and it's not surprising that this is where that where that experience is led well thank you and i was fortunate that peter brown my predecessor and uh, keith crane 
both gave me the opportunity to step on that stage. And if I think back to that day in Vienna in 2007, when Peter Brown basically said, okay, you're the new publisher of Automotive News Europe, so go. And um, what I what I wrote about is that uh, I spent a good amount of time up in my hotel room, kind of away from the crowds, uh, you know, practicing, practicing, practicing to just to make sure that it was good. And, um, you know, the one thing I did not share in that column, which I will share with you now, is that uh, throughout my grade school uh, life, I was actually uh, I was a stutterer. And so um, having to overcome that was probably the biggest challenge uh, that I've done in my life, I would say. And then to go into broadcasting as a as a career, as a new career, um, takes that um, takes overcoming that obstacle even even further. And, um, you know, not something that that most people know. Um, but I think that those those are the fears that creep into the back of your mind, especially in 2007, when I was trying to overcome some of that and put on a good show. And I wrote about the two role models who I had in my life from a public facing standpoint. One was Bob Costas, who uh, was just, I think, one of the greatest of all time. And then the other one who most people would know would be Ron uh, uh, McLean from the uh, CBC. And, and, and Ron would interview hockey players across North America um, uh, in, a, in a way that no one, no one could and just had such a wonderful style. And so Ron and Bob were the inspiration, but overcoming, uh, what I did when I was, uh, when I was younger was, was certainly, um, um, part of the, the motivating factor. Such an interesting story. I appreciate you sharing that. I did not know that, but I think, you know, you look at, it's overcoming that diversity. It's over is being that tenacity that really makes people wonderful at what they choose to do. And, you know, like you folks that are blessed enough to do what they do and not necessarily call it work. Those are the early building blocks, I think, that get folks to that part of their career. So let's talk about Daily Drive. Why was it so important and what surprised you about the about Daily Drive? Um, what surprised me was the the intense following immediately uh, and the willingness of our of our guests to uh, to say yes to being part of the program. Um, you know, everybody, you have to remember March of 2020, we had a, um, a pretty loyal, uh, following out of a video program called weekend drive, which had been going for a couple of years. And we get in the studio and we'd interview other reporters or we'd interview guests who happen to be in, uh, the area. And that would broadcast out on Saturdays and we couldn't get in the studio, uh, the, the second week of March. So I'm sitting there with my, um, then 15 year old son, uh, brainstorming exactly what we should do. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was, it was primarily, um, based on two things. It was based on saving the revenue that was attached to the program because it was sponsored. And, um, you know, we are running a business after all. And the second thing is, um, making sure that we could connect with guests going forward. And, um, I said to my son, Alexander, I said, well, what do you think about, you know, should we do a podcast? And he said, uh, sure, here, why don't you take the iPad and I'll go in the other room and call you and you'll answer it and then we'll record it and we'll see what it sounds like. And um, we did that. And he, he was actually my first guest. Um, and he was a great guest, by the way. And then um, and then <laughs> and I, I decided to call Luca Ciaferi and our uh, our uh, Automotive News uh, uh, Europe um, leader. And I said, uh, Luca, will you be my first guest? And you can talk about what life is like in Italy right now in March of 2020, which, of course, the area had been ravaged by uh, the effects of um, uh, COVID. And he said yes. And then the second guest was Jose Munoz of Hyundai. And so it all just cascaded. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, our industry could listen to each other without being in the same place. 
And that was the beauty of Automotive News is that we always tied our industry together at our events, whether they were the dinners that we did, with, which brought suppliers and retailers and automakers together. We were the glue, right? It was our family table. They were all seated around the family table. And even if they were fierce competitors, uh, they usually sat next to each other, at least for one night. Sometimes they shared some good ideas and sometimes they did business afterwards. Well, the the idea of the podcast is that we could we could have the same discussion at the family table. It was just going to be a virtual one now. And, um, you know, we we were the glue at that point during a very tense time in the auto business when, of course, nobody knew what was going to happen. So I think um, that was the best part of Daily Drive. And that's and 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 it and it still maintains to this day. And um, and lo and behold, we we had a wonderful platform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, we're 500 episodes, I think now, roughly. Yeah, right. right. Um, million plus uh, episodes or million plus listeners. And we've covered the gamut of the industry as well as some you know, stuff that isn't necessarily the industry, but important to business executives and leaders. Um, it's been a it's been an amazing journey for sure. So I know this is going to be a hard question because there are going to be so many of them, but any memorable moments that rise to the top? Uh, <laughs> that's definitely hard, Steve. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, 18 years, there's got to be so many ups and downs. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you two that are very similar, but also incredibly uh, vivid. Um, one was being on stage, uh, and, and they're both similar. One was being on stage with Elon Musk when he agreed to speak at our World Congress um, around 2015 mm-hmm. uh, in an incredible lineup that we had. I mean, we had we had Mary Barra and Sergio Marchione, oh, and Elon Musk. Um, and we actually, it was one of the only events that I was a part of where we stopped taking ticket sales because we had reached capacity limits uh, for the venue, which was at the the Marriott Ballroom at the... Uh, uh, Rensen in uh, downtown uh, Detroit. So it was, there were so many people in the room that on stage I could feel the crowd. And that's the only time that I can say that I've, that that's ever occurred. Um, that and the clicking of cameras, which was so distracting for me because he had just walked on stage and everybody wanted to take his picture from the local press. Well, frankly, uh, international press at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, trying to ask questions and figure out how to, how to get to Elon Musk with the clicking sound of cameras was intense. Um, and everybody was hanging on every word that he was saying. And in fact, his stock moved about 10% that day based on a comment that he made to me about China sales. So you can tell how closely everything was being watched. And the second one is uh, re- somewhat related, uh, but it was interviewing Mary Barra after the uh, ignition switch recall issue in New York. And I had agreed with the organizers of the New York show and um, and NADA that I would um, I that I would interview incoming CEO Mary Barra, and um, that was all done before the ignition switch recall situation had uh, developed. And she stuck to the interview, and they stuck with me doing the interview. And I've never seen more cameras in a room in my life, video cameras at the back of the room. They were lined from one end of the ballroom to the other, and they were all focused on me on stage. And this was one week after Saturday Night Live had done a parody of her um, in in front of uh, our addressing the ignition switch recall um, in uh, Washington, D.C. 
So, you know, you had all of, I mean, she was a national, you know, a national figure, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, you had a crush of reporters and cameras when it ended, as soon as she walked off the stage that Mark Royce had to play bodyguard for her pushing people out of the way. It was, it was, it was crazy. And down in the green room beforehand, um, you know, 60 minutes was down there filming me shaking her hand as she was walking into the green room. I mean, it was just like, I like the last two weeks I was living in another world. <laughs> and so those two moments, um, I think are probably the most, uh, vivid in my mind, but I will tell you that, um, it's the opportunity to work with our incredibly talented teammates will be the ones that are everlasting because these are the people that I'm going to miss the most is, is all of the folks who I've had the, the pleasure and the opportunity and, and I've been so grateful to have worked next to for all these years. So today is September 15th, your last day with automotive news, any parting words, listeners, subscribers, team members, anything you want to say <laughs> is uh, parting words. I just thank thank you to everybody. Um, you know, as Dave Versicle wrote, uh, automotive news is almost a hundred years old. Automotive news goes on, uh, with full speed ahead. It's, it is, it is, it is about the people who are at Automotive News, but it's not about any one individual. And, um, and the reader always comes first, and journalism always comes first, and that, that carries on with more strength and vigor than it ever has before. And I'm just grateful to have been there for it. Jason, I think you have been absolutely consistent in today in saying it's about the people, it's about the team, it's about the reader, it's not about one individual person. That being said, as the host today, I am going to steal the microphone for a minute and tell you and say to you my personal thanks. Personal thanks for inviting me to not only transition from being a client and a reader of Automotive News to what I'm doing here today, but also calling me, I think you were 83 episodes in and said, I need a break. (laughs) Would you be interested in doing this? And I think, at least in my head, the story goes, yes, I would love to. Thank you for the opportunity. And somewhere in there, you said, okay, next week is yours. Um, (laughs) Something along those lines. At least that's the way that I recall it. So understanding all of those things and, and, and as appropriately as you said, it's about our entire team here. Just a couple of seconds on from me saying my personal thanks for the trust and and the privilege of working with you side by side and learning from you on how to do a podcast. Uh, you are the star. You are the the expert at this. And and the time that I've had to to work with you and learn from you and just watch you and try to incorporate some of the things that I have admired so much in into what I do on Daily Drive. Just thank you. Uh, and and no, it is appreciative welcome. and uh, appreciated and um, is something that is going to stick with me for the entirety of my career. Well, thank you, Steve. You've been wonderful, and um, thanks for jumping in at episode eighty-five because I don't know I could have done eighty-six, ninety, or ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you were you were absolutely wonderful, and um, and uh, I will I will miss you, and I will miss everybody uh, uh, more than I can possibly tell you. So I've said to you personally, my friend. Go live your best life. (laughs) Thank you. 
That's Daily Drive for Wednesday, September 15th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow.